Nature and man-made disasters are a constant threat. New strategies to confront this. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Disaster Medicine and Public Health Preparedness on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and joining me today is Captain Robert Tosato in the U.S. Public Health Service. He's Director of the Office of Civilian Volunteer Medical Reserve Corps in the Office of the Surgeon General. And also with us is Dr. Narayan Nair, U.S. Public Health Service Commander, who is the Senior Program Director in the Civilian Volunteer Medical Reserve Corps. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Could you tell me, what is MRC? The MRC, or Medical Reserve Corps, is a community-based civilian volunteer program that engages local community members to strengthen public health in the community, as well as its emergency preparedness and response, in order to build the resiliency of that community. When was it formed and why? Well, the MRC was founded following 9-11, really as a way to fill gaps in disaster response. As many people know, the events of 9-11, many people showed up at the crash sites or, or came to the crash sites wanting to help out. Many of those individuals were medical and public health professionals. Unfortunately, since these volunteers were not pre-identified, their credentials were not verified, the officials managing the response were unable to really take advantage of that human resource. The MRC was founded shortly thereafter as a way to overcome some of those problems. One of the things that is nice about the MRC is also not just to respond to emergencies, but then the MRCs also can help with public health activities on a day-to-day basis. So instead of just having people with a name on a list and you know, saying, call me if you need me in an emergency, they're working on activities and needs that their community has day to day. I could see that in a time of disaster, these medical professionals might even get in the way and hinder the need to provide care. You mentioned the word medical professional. Do you have to be a medical professional to be involved in MRC? No, absolutely not. Most MRCs are able to recruit and attract medical and public health professionals, but as, as well as other community members who are interested in the MRC mission. There are currently about you know, 165,000 volunteers in the Medical Reserve Corps across the country, and about a third of those are not medical or public health professionals. I saw in some of the literature I read about your organization that you actually even have veterinarians. Could you tell me what role they might play? Oh, veterinarians can have an important role in MRCs. They can be consultants to MRC units on how to manage animals in a disaster. You know, we saw after Hurricane Katrina how important it was to take care of not only the victims or the evacuees, but also to take care of their pets. You know, as they evacuated, they wanted to make sure their pets were taken care of as well. Many public health crises start out in, with a, a natural cause, either a domestic animal or a wild animal, and having veterinarians on the team that can, can help with some of the surveillance or can help with some of the response in those areas can be helpful. I saw certainly there were many pictures in Katrina in particular that people wouldn't leave their homes unless their pets went with them. Absolutely. That is an image from Katrina. Also, we saw with responses such as the California wildfires, some of the tornado or flooding events, people try to go back into the areas that have been affected to check on their animals. So if they did evacuate without, you know, a pet or without a, you know, their farm animals, they oftentimes go back into harm's way sooner than they should if their animals aren't taken care of. Who does your organization partner with? Oh, we have lots of partners. We are very proud to have many partners at the national, state, and local levels. We work with other governmental agencies, such as the White House's USA Freedom Corps, Citizen Corps, the White House Homeland Security Council. 
We work with many non-governmental organizations, including the National Association of County and City Health Officials, the American Red Cross, the American Medical Association. You know, at the state and local levels, MRC units are working with health departments, emergency management agencies, you know, police, fire, hospitals, and many others. The list is really endless. In fact, we have often said that partnerships are one of the keys to the success of the MRC. Do you have any relationship, uh, an ongoing relationship, with FEMA or Red Cross, or how do you intertwine your activities? With the Red Cross, we have worked very closely with them over the years. At the local level, we encourage MRC units to reach out and work closely with Red Cross chapters, doing some cross-training, helping out each other as there are emergencies or different public health activities that need to be handled. At the national level, we work very closely with the Red Cross. In fact, for Hurricane Gustav, we've been in conversations with them. If, if they needed Medical Reserve Corps support for some of their operations, you know, we've been in discussion about how that could occur through our operations center in the Department of Health and Human Services. With FEMA, It's a little bit different relationship because Red Cross is technically a non-governmental organization. With FEMA being the lead emergency management agency, they do have the lead for federal emergencies. We primarily work with FEMA through, again, once again, the HHS Operations Center and the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response. So if there are needs that FEMA has for medical assets, those would go through the department, and then if they need volunteer support for those, we would respond through that mechanism. If you're just joining us, you're listening to a special segment, Focus on Disaster Medicine and Public Health Preparedness. And our guests today are Captain Robert Tassato and Dr. Narayan Nair, both of whom are in the leadership roles at the Office of Civilian Volunteer Medical Reserve Corps, a new response that's been set up since Katrina to help in disasters as well as in community health events. You just mentioned Gustav, which has been on the news recently. Could you tell me, have you had a role or a place in the care of the people who are being evacuated from the Gulf Coast areas? Absolutely. Many MRCs are standing by on alert, and also many have been called to action. Units have been activated in Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. They're responding in the areas that are affected and also in the areas that are taking in evacuees from the storm. For example, the Southwest Alabama MRC has been activated by the Alabama Department of Health to staff eight shelters as well as their evacuation center. The Middle Tennessee MRC is providing nurses to Red Cross shelters in the Nashville area as the state shelters evacuees from the Gulf Coast. You mentioned a very large number of people who have joined, and then you've used the word unit. Are the people who are in MRC divided into units by community? What does a unit mean, the way you're using it? Right now, there are more than 780 MRC units across the country with over 165,000 volunteers. These 780 units are based in communities. It may be a town. It may be a collection of towns. Most are either counties or a regional approach through covering a number of counties. But the unit is housed within an existing organization, either governmental or non-governmental. The majority are in local health departments. These units probably have a leader. And could you tell me, is there a training program not only to be a member but also a leader? And who provides that and what form does it take? Sure. The training for leaders comes from some is local, that they would get to training within their either their local health department, their local organization for this role. 
through our office, the Office of the Civilian Volunteer Medical Reserve Corps, we do offer a number of different opportunities to learn kind of the leadership skills needed for MRC. We have regional meetings for MRC leaders. We have a national conference, a national leadership and training conference for MRC leaders. We have just recently instituted a new leader workshop, which is kind of like a boot camp for new leaders, a day and a half workshop to come in and and get information and training necessary to really get an MRC off the ground. And we also provide a number of different technical assistance resources through our website, through some webinars, and through some other resources for new and actually seasoned MRC leaders to learn from. You know, our audience are mainly medical professionals throughout the United States. We may have some listeners who aren't familiar with MRCs. How would they go about, if they thought looking at their community this might be a good idea, how would they go about initiating forming a unit? Sure. First of all, what they can do is go to our website, www.medicalreservecorps.gov, and see if there is a Medical Reserve Corps unit in their um, community. If they click on the bar that says find an MRC unit, they can either look for their city or put in their zip code, and they'll see if there's one nearby. If there is one nearby, then I highly suggest that they get involved because we do need many, many, many more people to be involved in the MRCs. But let's say there is not an MRC in their community. Then I would suggest they first look at the information we have on our website on starting an MRC unit. And then they should go to their local health department or board of health or emergency management agency and talk to the preparedness planners there, the public health preparedness planners, to see why there isn't an MRC there. They may not know about the MRC and to encourage the development of an MRC. The local agency may ask them to be involved in the development. Dr. Nier, I know from reading about you and your organization that you were a member of the Rapid Deployment Force to Katrina. I'm sure this had a tremendous impact on you, being exposed to this. Did this help you in organizing this program? Did you bring things back from Katrina that you could use in the MRC? It definitely did. The MRC was formed in 2002, and so it had undergone rapid growth and was very effective in Katrina. So it was an established program at that point, and I just joined in November of 2007. And my charge has been to develop the deployment aspect of the MRC. The Medical Reserve Corps is a local asset. It's part of the community. But if there's a large-scale catastrophe or disaster, like we had with Katrina and the federal resources are stretched thin, then we'd like to have the ability to tap into this volunteer pool and help them deploy with the federal response and integrate them seamlessly into the federal response. And so I was privileged, as many public health service officers were, to respond to Katrina. I was deployed to Gulfport, Mississippi, and and worked in a tent hospital where we saw about 100 patients a day. And the thing that I was really struck with is is we had medical volunteers, physicians, and nurses who had traveled from California and a variety of different places geographically removed from that area and had stepped forward and, and were willing to respond and serve their country and serve these patients in need and serve in this austere environment. And so it was inspiring to me and it really inspired me to pursue this opportunity to join the Medical Reserve Corps program because I've seen firsthand the wonderful things that volunteer medical professionals can do in the setting of a disaster. So it really did come away with that. And the volunteers that I served with, all of them spoke of just how the experience was so enriching to them and and rewarding that they had the ability to devote their skills and, and they were able to help out when there was this great need. You mentioned deployment. That's really your role there has been so much criticism about delays in the past. How have we improved to cut down on response time? Well, we 
seen recently with Hurricane Gustav is there's much more a focus on being proactive and pre-deploying federal assets and state assets. There's much more a focus on early communication between the local and state governments and the federal government. There's a focus on special needs populations, people that are going to need assistance to be evacuated, people who are compromised in regards to their health status and might need extra time to evacuate. And so I think there's been a lot of planning, and I think that was evident in, in Hurricane Gustav. And when that response is completed and we're into the recovery phase, we'll look at things that we can do better with that, and, and the next response hopefully will be even better. I want to thank Captain Robert Desada of the U.S. Public Health Service, who is the director of the Office of Medical Reserve Corps and Dr. Narayan Nair, who is the Senior Program Director. And you've been listening to this special segment on disaster medicine and public health preparedness on ReachMDXM 157, the channel for medical professional. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard. To listen to our on-demand library, visit us at ReachMD.com. If you have comments or suggestions, call us at 888-MDXM-157. Thank you for listening.